Good morning, Manchester, and to those of you in surrounding towns, welcome to Hour 3 of Gerard at Large. I am your busy, busy host, Rich Gerard. Thanks for tuning in. You can find us online at GerardAtLarge.com, and you can find us on Facebook and Twitter, also at Gerard at Large, where we encourage you to like us and follow us because we just want to be loved. All right, coming up this hour, we're going to hear from Manchester Ward 12 School Board candidate Kelly Ann Thomas. She's a newcomer to politics, although her family has got a bit of a political legacy here in the Queen City. But she herself is a uh, newcomer uh, to politics, and we'll find out uh, what she brings to the table as a candidate for school board. And then we'll be in the uh, in the house with our good friend Tyler Murray of the New Hampshire Fisher Cats as we wrap up the wrap up the in the bullpen series with the Cats. Uh, by learning about something called player development agreements. There could be a change here in the Queen City. Toronto uh, openly and actively discussing moving its affiliation to a different, uh, to, to, a, to a ballpark in a different location. If so, what does that mean for Manchester? We'll find out. Um, so, in the meantime, what do I... Um, Hmm. 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 Boy, I only have 22 emails in that chain. Oh, my head. This stuff takes so much time. <sighs> you know, and I had a, a topic right on the tip of my tongue. Oh, that's what. It, go ahead. Panhandling. Panhandling. Oh, good one. No, but good one. I was going to talk about the election commission that's coming to town. Um, but, hey, what can we do? Uh, the public isn't really going to have a chance to speak. They're going to get to witness a roundtable discussion. You can't get in. It's uh, too crowded. Although our good friend Lisa Stinking Freeman, because she's an important muckety-muck, don't you know? Being a member of the election law, commission, uh, election law committee in the New Hampshire House of Representatives, she will, she will be there for the duration. I've told her that uh, she must be prepared to provide a full report um, to the Dread at Large radio show listeners tomorrow morning. Speaking of tomorrow, I will be away from the microphone. Greg Mason will be joining us as the guest host. And uh, not a bad time. For Greg to do that, given the recent announcement by Equifax, he understands this stuff inside and out because uh, cybersecurity is a big part of what he does. So I will be uh, I will be uh, occupied tomorrow. Uh, I've been invited to something I've long been uh, interested in going to, and the people uh, sort of reached out and said, "Hey, we're trying to make a statement with one. Can you be there?" I said, "I'll see what I can do." So, um. Anyway, but yeah, let's talk about the panhandling thing because I, I, I think that that is a, a really big deal. Um, a really big deal. I, I, you know, it, it bothers me what, what now constitutes free speech and what does not constitute free speech. So now... Free speech, for those of you who don't know what happened, the, um, a federal court, because the American Civil Liberties Union, ever quick to say that um, anyone and anything other than conservatives have a right to free speech, sued the city of Manchester because it's trying to deal with panhandling. 
Now, I'm not going to necessarily condemn the court because I think the court actually raised a valid issue or two about enforcement. For example, it was penalizing the panhandler for violating the uh, panhandling ordinance by accepting money uh, or other materials from cars in the right-of-way, but the city was not enforcing the ordinance against the people who were giving the panhandlers the money, the booze, or whatever it was they were giving them. See, to me, that's wrong. You know, the people who give are as guilty as the people who ask. And so if the court's complaint is that, oh, yes, well, you uh, <laughs> you can't enforce it against one and not the other. All right, I buy that. Is that a reason to strike down the ordinance? I don't know that the ordinance is written to just penalize the panhandler. You know, we pass laws, you know, in this state and around the country so that people can't use their cell phones because they're distracted when they drive. Yet somehow it is not a safety issue and it is not a it becomes a free speech issue, not a driver distraction issue, not a pedestrian or vehicle safety issue. When you have people holding signs, waving down, you know, flapping their arms and trying to get the attention of people who are driving in their vehicles. Oh, but Rich, they only they they only do it when when they're par- when they're stopped at a light. No, that's not true because a lot of times people stop at a green light in order to give money to the panhandler or whatever it is they're going to give, and the panhandlers oftentimes go out into the street. But it's a free speech issue, violation of their free speech rights. So I guess. Oh, in a breaking news story, the Superior Court judge has refused to put a hold on New Hampshire's new election law as voters in Laconia and Belmont head to the polls Tuesday in the first test for Senate Bill 3, the state news, the state's new voter law. However, however, the penalties of the law have been blocked. <laughs> so you can enforce the law. You just can't assess any of the penalties. Really? Oh, man. The law modifies the definition of domicile for voting purposes. Plaintiffs in the case argued the law will suppress voter rights. Charles Temple issues ruling Tuesday after three hours of testimony and arguments from the state democratic party and the league of women voters who sought a temporary injunction barring implementation of the law and lawyers from the attorney general's office who sought to have the case dismissed while the court has serious concerns regarding other parts of senate bill three the court recognizes that the law is entitled to a presumption of constitutionality wrote temple the court therefore will not enter any additional temporary relief at this time so the upshot is is um they can enforce the law but they can't assess any penalties for those who violate the law, which is to say they can't enforce the law. So a judge in the state of New Hampshire strikes again. (laughs) Oh, my God. Just give them something so they can both say they win. What a jerk. (sighs) Back on panhandling. So 
No person shall knowingly distribute any item, receive any item from, or exchange any item with the occupant of any motor vehicle when the vehicle is located in the roadway. So apparently, I guess the way they're interpreting that is, or the the police are enforcing that is, if you take something from the vehicle, you're guilty. But if you're in the vehicle and you're giving something to someone who's taking something from the vehicle, from you in the vehicle, then you're not guilty. Can't do that. Uh, (laughs) I mean, come on. Enforce it against everybody. No one wants to, nobody wants to penalize the good guy who wants to give the beggar a couple bucks. But you know what? If it's encouraging the beggars to beg and it's encouraging the traffic hazards and the safety concerns, then yes, it's, it's got to be there. But the, here's the crux of it, though. The judge wrote the, the, that the ordinance burdens substantially more speech than is necessary to further the city's legitimate safety interests. She noted it would not apply to, uh, only to panhandlers, but to individuals handing out leaflets. I'm not sure, but I think there already is a prohibition on handing out leaflets in the middle of a roadway, but I could be wrong. But um, we have John in Manchester uh, calling in. Good morning, John. Morning, Rich. Uh, I just wanted to chime in on the one thing of, there's a guy on the Beach Street, by the Beach Street School that's there, everyday panhandling. I'm just curious now if it could possibly be a safety issue for the kids. Well, that that that's a good question. You worried about whether or not um, now where, where you sit across from Beach Street School? Well, he's at the intersection of Beach Street and Valley. Beach and Valley. Okay, so he's he's down the block a bit. Right. Yeah, I've the seen kids that. Are always pass, kids are always passing by him, so I'm just hopefully he's not trying to bug them for their lunch money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, good, good point. Maybe we should pass that along to the police and have them watch. Of course, it is right down the street from their headquarters, but who knows anymore? <laughs> yeah, well, that's the same guy that's there every single day. I pass him every single day. Really? Do you, now, do you see, uh, John, do you see people uh, giving him money or, or, or what? I never see him giving anything. Mm. Well, so that's what makes it a hard part to enforce it is the cops have to actually be watching them to see them get something before they can enforce it. Yeah, well, that's the thing, you know, and you can't have a cop on every corner. So and it, it, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily help the case when the judge, uh, you know, turns around and says they have a right to beg for money. Right. You know, that's a free speech issue. Um, yeah. Anyway. All right, John, we appreciate the call. Yeah, no problem. Have a good one. Uh, thank you. That's John in Manchester. 606-6762, taking your calls on panhandling here in the Queen City. 606-6762. Um, but the, the judge, and I found the article um, in the Union Leader. I'll send it to Josh. You can, you can read it. Uh, of course. Yeah. The judge said the citywide ordinance was, quote, geographically over-inclusive. If Manchester had targeted specific locations with a demonstrated record of safety problems related to roadside exchanges, she said, such as the I-293 off-ramp near the Mall of New Hampshire, it likely would survive First Amendment scrutiny. So what the judge is basically saying is, oh, pick certain intersections because they're a problem. Um, which means they will move just like we saw when the city enacted that downtown smoking ban, right? At the parks. Oh, crap. We forgot Calivas Park, and now Calivas Park is filled with 
Oh, crap. The stuff we chased out of the other five downtown parks. See, it's a moving target. Then she said it was under-inclusive, the ordinance, because it penalizes only the pedestrian, not the motorist involved in the roadside exchange. So it seems to me that the judge is giving directions on how to rewrite the ordinance. Narrow the scope to problem areas, however that gets defined, and make sure the motorist gets penalized too, and suddenly we don't have a First Amendment problem anymore? I don't know. I actually did take a course on American constitutional law when I was at Boston College. I don't remember any of this crap. This is Gerard at Large. 